0: You're listening to Book Banter, the Apple Tree Books Store Podcast. Welcome to August, listeners. The store's book group just enjoyed their third meeting at Parnell's on August 8th, but it's my pleasure to inform you that they'll be jumping right back in for another round of selections starting in September. Go to Apple Tree Books Facebook page for more details. This month, my guest is a regular at the store, Mary Pat Jolivet. Some of you may have seen her around in the children's section from time to time, collecting donations for the book vending machine. Some of you might even know what the book vending machine is, but some of you might not. So we sat down to talk more about that and all the other children's literacy initiatives going on at the Cleveland Heights Roxborough Schools, and specifically how Appletree Books got involved.
1: Uh, My name is Mary Pat Jolivet. I live in Cleveland Heights. I am a stay-at-home mom of six kids who are all in the Heights district, except one who's graduated. And so I've been working since my second child went to Roxell at Roxborough in the PTA, like volunteering with the PTA. And um, in the past few years have focused my efforts on literacy in the schools and with the families um, and supporting the teachers and trying to get kids, not, not necessarily better readers, trying to get kids excited to read is sort of our focus. So get them reading. And then eventually just from practice, they'll make themselves better readers. Right. Yes. If they enjoy it, they'll do it more. Mm -hmm. And the more they do it, the better they'll get at it. Um, But it has to, in my opinion, it has to start at a, a place of, wanting to do it, Mm -hmm. enjoying to do it, being excited to read. I'm not an educator by, Mm -hmm. you know, career or anything like that. Um, But I, and I wouldn't even necessarily say, I mean, I love to read personally as a kid. I don't know that I, that I did. Mm -hmm. I mean, I certainly read as a kid, but I was not one of these kids who, you know, you can't pull the book away from them or, you know, my kids now, they, you know, they'll be walking up and down the street with a book in their face. Um, I was definitely not one of those children. But um, when I became a parent, I think is when I started reading out loud to my kids, I saw how much they loved it. And then it sort of brought me into that world. And it was so fun to watch that sort of in in, in my own children. And so that's been kind of the catalyst of trying to do that at Roxborough. And, you know, one of the first programs we did at Roxborough um, under the the umbrella of the literacy committee was One School, One Book, which was really fun. But it was um, it was it's a it's a, a national program, but it's you every student in the school reads the exact same book. Mm-hmm. And they read it with their family. So it's designed to be a read aloud, even for the kids who are independent readers. It's designed for the parent or guardian to read to the read out loud to the child or for the child to read out loud to the parent and enjoy the story together like as a family and then come back to school the next day everyone's read the same chapter all the parents all the kids all the teachers the support staff the art teacher the custodians everyone's reading the exact same chapter the exact same night um and it get it we saw through that program how much fun the kids were having with this the parents loved it it was just like And I think for a lot of kids, once they start to read a little bit on their own, their parents don't read out loud to them anymore. Mm -hmm. And you really miss like such an important, um, just like fun piece of family bonding that can happen through a book. And then, you know, the discussions that it can lead to. And um, we picked a lot of books that we picked for that program were series. And we heard later that, you know, oh, my my fifth grader read the second in the series out loud to my kindergartner, you know, and it just like created such a great, like um, fun atmosphere, like atmosphere based on a book, you know? And, um, but the, the other fun thing about that program is you do, it sort of envelopes the school for, you know, we did it for two weeks. And so for two weeks, it's like the art teacher was doing an art project that had to do with the book. and, you know, the gym class had something to, you know, one year it was like about a bug and it was like there were all these games the kids played where they were the bugs or oh, they went mm-hmm. through the maze and um our literacy night was themed to the book. And so we had all sorts of fun games and activities and crafts that went to it and it just got them so excited. Mm-hmm. And that is like the feeling you're trying to capture every time they choose a new book. Um, so... um but we moved away from that. We do a -a readathon now and we have the book vending machine. Sort of the history of the book vending machine is that we had extra funds at the PTA from several years that we wanted to spend down the money and buy something like substantial for the school. So people put together sort of a pitch of what they wanted. So, um, Claire Taft and I put together an idea of this book vending machine. We saw a, a news story months before about another school that had it. And it just looked super fun, really engaging. The kids looked very excited to, to visit the machine. So, so it's, a, it's an actual machine. So it's an actual vending machine. Um, once, like, we pitched it to the PTA and we voted on it. Everyone, like, loved this idea. So I met with, like, a vending machine company on East 70th DMS vending. I went in. You have a local
2: vending sheet company. We do. I and I,
1: I was like, looked it up and it was so close. It was like a 10 minute drive and I was like, oh my god, this is meant to be. Yes. <laughs> like, like, who knew? So I called there. I made an appointment. I went down with a bunch of different sized kids books. And I met with a very nice gentleman named Tony there who was like, I don't know what in the world you're talking about? And I was like, it'll be great. Trust me. Like if, if we can just fit this machine to spit books out, like mm-hmm. this is all, you know, and so I can do candy bars, it can do books. Yes. And um, he was worried about the pages ripping and how to, you know, so, um, but we, we worked it all out. And, um, he was very funny about the whole thing. He mm-hmm. was very excited about it. So we were able to get like a refurbished, uh, vending machine that was specifically designed for the books. So, um, and it works on book bucks. And so they, you can't put money into it Mm that you have to have like a teacher or usually me hand you this like, you know, special book book that goes into the machine. Um, but I think what's, what's different and what's special about our machine is that, um, You know, there are many other schools now that that have these. But I've never seen one that's used in the way that Roxborough uses it. in that every student goes every single time together. So normally, other places that have it use it as a reward, Mm -hmm. you know, for good grades, good attendance, you know, like did something nice for a friend, you get to go to the machine. Mm -hmm. Our school uses it equally. So, you know, it'll be a vending machine day. Mm-hmm. The entire kindergarten class will come and choose a book. So on that day, I fill it with all kindergarten-level books. And then once they're done, I take all those out. I put in first-grade books. The first-graders all come. They stand in line with their ticket, with their book book, and, um, you know, they get to pick from what's there. So
2: I like that a lot because I, I, I can definitely see the... Logic in having it be a reward system, but it sounds like your system keeps that interactive and this is a shared experience yes. that, you're, that you were describing with the, uh, the
1: read aloud part. Right. And yeah. we also think, I mean, we believe very strongly whether you are a, a reluctant reader, as they say, an approaching grade level reader, an advanced mm-hmm. reader, every student in our school Every student everywhere is a reader and every reader needs books. The other thing about it is that, you know, those books are theirs to keep forever. So we really want to build home libraries. Yes. Um, So, you know, a lot of research says if you own books in your home, there are just huge benefits academically, socially. You know, if you're um, and this is just from owning them. Not even necessarily like being a huge reader or however many books a year you read or whatever. But just having access, having them in your home, knowing they're important, that they deserve a place, um, has a lot of benefits. So we typically have the kids come four times a year. Mm -hmm. So it's to kick off the beginning of the school year, um, to get a book right before winter break. They come right before spring break for a book. And then summer And then in between, we have gently used books that we we give away. So, you know, our goal is to get them to have like a pretty substantial home library by the end when we send them to middle school. And especially when kids are new to the school or something and they'll be like, so when do we return these? And I'm like, no, no, they're yours. They're like, they're mine to keep. I'm like, yes, it's yours. Like you get to, you know, and a lot of these kids have never been to a bookstore Roxborough has it, has an interesting and diverse community. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, not, not everyone is spending their weekends perusing, you know, the bookstore or the library. And so for some kids, these, these are the first books they own. I mean, it's awesome to watch them go through the process of like picking the book. And, but this year we were really fortunate. We, we wrote and received a grant that allowed us instead of the four times a year, the kids actually went every single month except October. Nice. Yes. So um, that, so we were able to do some really fun stuff with that because, um, because they were coming more often. We did themed months, um, a black history month, which we always do in May. We did mysteries Um, in March. We did like a STEM themed. So all the books were STEM related. So it was like, you know, some novels and nonfiction and, biographies like all mixed in. Um, so that was kind of fun. We had books about, you know, um, science experiments you could do at home and stuff like that. And then we, in December, we did every student in the grades got their own, got the same book. Mm -hmm. And so to read over winter break, and then we did, um, what we called book parties, which were book clubs, but we called them book parties Mm -hmm. during their library time. They came back and we just um, did all sorts of games and, and fun stuff that related back to the book that that grade had received in December. It sounds like
2: you're breaking down like the stereotype of the bookworm student. You know, yes. Off by themselves in the corner. Just right. The book. It may, it's it's the social it's it's like there's the the cool television series that everybody binged
1: the night before. You don't want to be the only one right. who didn't watch yes. it. And Well, so they I were asking, do be we have movie. to read this? And I was like, well, you don't have to read it. But if you do, the party will be much more fun. That's what we kept yeah. telling them. Like, you're not going to want to miss, like, you know, all the stuff we do in the party. You'll still participate in it. But you everybody, get it. But you're not going to get it. So, um, and we got a lot of really good feedback Um from the parents about, about the book club books. Um, but also then it allowed us, again, we did the first book in a series for, I think almost every grade. Mm -hmm. So then in future vending machine days, um, we put the second book and to watch the kids walk up and be like, it's the second kitty book kitties in there. And I'm like, okay, they loved the first book. And it's the, the joy of seeing them like recognize that character recognize that story. Yeah. And, you know, so that was the first grade book was like Kitty in the Moonlight um, Rescue. So we put the second one and the third one in the machines in future months. And it's like for these first graders, they're mm-hmm. really just most of them learning to read a book of that yeah. length at this m- moment. Right. And so um the confidence of like Giving them a book they felt like good about reading, they could read with a parent. Some of them were reading on their own, mm-hmm. and then to be able to come back and say, I can do this again, give me the second book, you know, like I can. Um, so it was really fun to watch them with those series, too.
2: Um, how do you get the books for
1: the vent to put in the book vending machine? So it's expensive, I should say. Um, like it. we we want all the books to be brand new. Mm-hmm. So um, we really don't do used books except in between the things. Mm-hmm. So it does get really expensive. We have about 300 students. But we do a lot of things. So one, we have it written into our yearly PTA budgets. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get some money there. We have do a lot of donations. Um, and then we have done like days at Apple tree shopping days where people can come and purchase a book for our vending machine and put them right into the bin. And then I pick them up at the end of the week or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, we've done, you know, the donation shopping days here, which is helpful too. Um, last year we did our first ever readathon and, um, we wanted to raise as much money as it would cost to supply the books but then as i said we ended up receiving a grant in mm-hmm. december so um that was very helpful in purchasing the books but we've talked about trying to get you know sponsors for a classroom you know like a dentist office sponsor the second grade, right? <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, books will make you smile <laughs> from I'm, Dr. So-and-so. I'm
2: picturing like, uh, like on the second grade classroom door, like NASCAR. You yes, have to pick, pick yes. All of the, this one's sponsored by yes. this. this, this.
1: <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of, we found through the readathon. we had sponsors for that and, um, you know, local places that donated to that, which was awesome to see. But what I have found is people really, really love this. Mm -hmm. And when they love it, they want to support it. And so, um, the community, you know, I'm not from Cleveland. Um, so, you know, I'll post something on Facebook about what we're doing and I will have people flood me with donations from outside of Cleveland, people who aren't from here who have never, you know, but just really love the idea of these kids being able to choose their own books and visit the book vending machine and people love it. And Mm -hmm. so it's been, it hasn't been that difficult to get support from others for this project.
2: How did you get hooked up with apple tree books for the first time?
1: Well, I'm just a customer. Um, I would bring my kids in, you know, I, I am a stay at home mom. And so, you know, we're always looking for something to do. (laughs) (laughs) So I started coming in here when my kids were little and, um, you know, browsing, reading in here. Everyone choose a book to bring home, that kind of thing. Um, so I think just from repeated customer um, coming in, um, I got to know Lynn, and um, she's been super supportive as well with um, any sort of crazy idea I have. She tends to go, "Okay, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll make it work." Um, but I mean, I think it's such an asset to the community because I don't, I I truly don't think people in Cleveland Heights realize how special it is to have a local independent bookstore Mm. in walking distance, biking distance for most of us. Um, That really does not happen, I think, in most of America.
2: Uh, Ohio in general, but also our area specifically, has a higher concentration of independent bookstores than most places. Yes, yes. There are basically book deserts where you know yes, there's or you can get it online still, but, but you're and not, coming into a bookstore
1: is such a different experience than you know jumping on some like huge online mm-hmm. you know warehouse situation. But you know when I travel especially with the kids, we're always like, all right, when we land wherever we are, we're like, let's find like a local bookstore and I can't tell you how often there is none. Mm-hmm. Or it'll be 45 minutes away yeah. from, you know, the Airbnb we're staying in or something. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is wild. Like a store like this mm-hmm. in our backyard is really pretty special. Yeah. And I, and I, I never take it for granted. (laughs) Um, But I I do think some people just think like, oh, that's, you know, normal. And I think we're pretty unique and pretty special in that way.
2: It'd be nice if it was more normal than it is. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, it would be nice. Like, I mean, I'm from Youngstown and there's not a single independent bookstore in the city. So tell me more about that. How does the readathon work? So um, the kids all, it was, um, I believe it was one week. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was, it was a weird week. It was like, it included both weekends. Oh, So we kicked off on a Friday, you read through the weekend, read all week, read over the weekend, turned your reading log in on Monday. So it was like a week, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to maximize the amount of time. So we just tried to encourage the kids to read whatever they wanted Mm -hmm. at home and it included books on tape, um, It included, we asked the teachers, um, to do live read alouds on like Google meet that the Mm -hmm. kids could log in. And that was a huge success, like, because it was exciting to see the teachers, you know, like at seven o'clock you would get on and they're at home and, you know, like, so, and they would read their favorite books. Um, so that was fun. And then we did, um, a literacy night throughout that, that, um, the kids, it was in Coventry. So it was, um it was a amazing race themed literacy night. So we did like an amazing reading race and there were clues and stuff. So they would have to, um, and it was like sneaky literacy, you know, it's like, you don't realize you're reading, but you've read all the instructions and now you're, you know, trying to put this puzzle together or whatever. Yeah. Um, And they wrote like a cooperative story. So one station they would stop and there was a huge, like, Um, basically huge notepad and you would read what was written so far and then you would write the next sentence Um, so they wrote like a big cooperative story and then but there was also for the kids because it was September and you know most of the kindergartners can't read and write then and you know because of the pandemic most of the first graders couldn't read and write yet Mm so um, there was also like be the illustrator so they were adding to the drawing their parent would read and um, so that was really fun But then we did uh, prizes for the top readers of each grade would get a big prize. So there was a level of competition there. Um, They incorporated um, deer time, drop everything and read. (laughs) Uh, So every day each class would have deer time um, where they would read for, you know, whatever amount was appropriate for the age Mm -hmm. in the classroom and get their get minutes on their log for that. Um, And then every single day that the kids read and turned in their reading log, they would get a raffle ticket. And we had about 15 raffle baskets that they could choose from um, for for reading. So it was very exciting. The kids were Mm -hmm. very amped up all week, Um, but. You know, we got feedback that doing it at the beginning of the year, it helped, like, the teachers said that, you know, they had more kids, like, doing their nightly homework Mm -hmm. after that experience because it just, like, helped set a pattern and a habit of, like, when you get home, you should read, you know, like, keep track of it, like, whatever, um... You know, and that's really the only time during the year that they have to because I, I, I don't like reading logs like, mm-hmm. oh, I did 20 minutes or I did whatever. But that was the only time during the school year that they really um, have to do it that way. But um, it just got them. It helped set a good habit of reading at home. Yeah. And and with like this overarching, like fun, th- you know, like it's fun to do it. Um, and also,
2: you know, it was a really good way that if you did have that kid who was struggling like you talked about like for reasons completely out of their control a lot of the first graders were behind the traditional way was a really great way to make you feel awful about that right that you, that the illustrator idea and the and letting audiobooks be included. Yes. Suddenly, a kid with who might maybe a kid with visual impairments suddenly yes. isn't being left out. They can be, enjoy it
1: too. Yeah, we try to like catch kids where they are. Yeah. And again, it's like we just really want them to enjoy the experience because like who wants to do something that's not fun that mm-hmm. they don't like? Like, and I, we have the luxury of being the PTA and not the teachers, so we don't have to put our focus on the comprehension, the testing, like we can just let it be fun. And everything that we do, the readathon, the vending machine, everything we try to keep at the forefront of our minds, like how to make it inclusive, Mm -hmm. how to make it equitable, how to make sure we are providing, you know, books for the diverse community that we are Mm -hmm. and experiences that reflect the diverse community that is Roxborough that, you know, we're very proud of that. We love that, you know, is a lot of us, you know, it's the reason we choose to go to the public schools and because we want our kids to meet kids from all over the community, all over the world. You know, we have kids who speak lots of different languages and parents who speak different languages. And um, so we do try to, keep that at the forefront of every decision we make you know it goes back to every kid is a reader Mm -hmm. and every kid should be treated like a reader whether they love to read or they haven't haven't found the right right book yet yet. um do any uh graphic novels
2: in the vending machine we we
1: do try to do graphic novels um you know they're pretty expensive (laughs) Yeah. So it's hard um, because we are, you know, we're we're still working on a on a budget, and mm-hmm. we're trying to make it stretch as far as we can. Um, you know, that's where book donations are awesome because if you can get someone to donate a couple of those series or whatever, then um, it's great. The kids love 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 graphic novels. Yes,
2: the one when they're done well. Yes, they're amazing, and you, it's not just reading comprehension like you also like have to be paying attention to pictures because there's story elements in there that you're going to miss yes it's not all in
1: the so So, you know two of my two of my kids have um dyslexia Mm -hmm. um and some other learning disabilities but um and so I have two older kids who do not have dyslexia and who are huge readers devoured everything my next two kids were like a little bit slower to it and at first we didn't really understand why Um, but you know we found out later they're dyslexic and um, they always gravitated toward the graphic novels and I think for them they love to read Mm -hmm. they want to read and this just took some of the obstacle of like a long non graphic novel text text out and allowed them to just like get immersed in the story which is what they wanted to do without so much struggle they're more expensive for us and it's, yeah. it's hard to stock those but it would be a dream to do it so
2: at the next uh <laughs> book uh uh book donation day at apple tree if anybody is coming in for one of those graphic novels <laughs> ask some of us we'll tell you where they are yeah, a nice a nice whole shelf of them there know.
1: yes
0: thank you again mary pat for joining me Last year, the children's literacy programs at Roxborough were funded in part by a grant from Martha Holding Jennings Foundation. But community support and donations are also a vital part in keeping these programs going. So if you'd like to contribute, please go to the Roxell PTA website and click the donations button. And keep your eye on all of Appletree Books' social media for the next book's drive to stop that vending machine. In the store this month, you'll find a display dedicated to the students going back to school and a table dedicated to magical realism, which is personally one of my favorite genres, for anybody who could still use a little bit of an escape. Well, that's our show for the month, everyone. I'll be back again in September with another guest. Thanks for listening. Music for Book Banter was provided by PlayOnLoop.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0.